This podcast was recorded in a Zoom meeting with the Hartford Street Zen Center Sangha. Please visit hszc.org for information about how to join our online programs or to make a contribution. We depend on the generosity of our members and supporters, especially during this challenging time. Thank you. I wouldn't normally wear a party dress like this, but um, we were having some electronics difficulties this morning and we're, we're running late. So I grabbed the first Okesa I could find and it happened to be this one. So that's my excuse. there, I, uh, I wasn't sure if um, I was going to be able to uh, see anybody. So I, I thought perhaps we might just have uh, audio. And uh, it reminded me that um, a few mornings ago, uh, during during Zazen, um, it, was, it was, you know, not super early, it's like 6.30. <clears throat> and uh, some of the uh, kids, uh, neighbor kids were outside, which is a little unusual at that hour. And um, they, they were having fun. And we were in here um, listening. And it was kind of thrilling to to be meeting them at the source. Now I know I've uh, been speaking uh, pretty often, I guess, lately about following the stream to the source. And I suppose for the time being, it's my, my favorite meditation instruction. But it keeps coming back. And it was marvelous to meet the neighbor kids at the source. And I hope no, none of you are thinking, oh, how, how clever that Mio knows how to do that. I hope nobody's thinking that, because if you are, it means my teaching has been deficient. That... Uh, Rather, the source is where we meet all the time. I, 
I, I suppose, maybe, maybe some of you are, are uh, perhaps experiencing some doubt at the moment. If so, would, would anyone like to confess to experiencing doubt at the moment? There's some brave souls. All right. <laughs> well, I hope you know that experiencing some doubt does not somehow put you out of the running. out of the Sangha or uh, strand you somewhere not the top of Vulture Peak. Of course, as the, um, the late founding abbot, Isan, used to say, is to remind us, oh, it's just your mind talking. And he's quite right, of course. But as I was uh, thinking about that, I, uh, uh, remembered, uh, our, um, mountain seat ceremony here, which we had, uh, how long ago was that now? Anyway, it's a few years already. And so maybe, <clears throat> maybe you've had enough time to reflect on whether or not that was a big mistake. And um, I, uh, Regardless, I, I feel I should apologize for a variety of missteps and failures. As we, we force the uh, head monk to say during the head monk Dharma inquiry ceremony, my mistakes are legion. They fill heaven and earth, leaving me nowhere to hide. I know that feeling. Anyway, uh, at the end of that ceremony, mountain seat ceremony, I had, uh, I had one more little uh, poem that I was supposed to say. So that the uh, the ascending abbatial person has to write a bunch of little statements to make various times during the ceremony. And the last one, I was about to declaim, and all of a sudden, Akiba Sokan Roshi leapt to his feet to deliver what's called the, uh, what it's called, the authentication or something. <laughs> I'm standing there. And uh, so I didn't get to say it. And um, 
I was I was kind of looking for it, see if maybe well maybe I could say it you know now, but then I couldn't find it anyway. But what I do remember is it involved a a uh, a couple of lines from uh, T. S. Eliot's The Four Quartets, a magnificent piece of modernist poetry. And at the end, he says something about something like uh, uh, hearing children at play in the apple tree. And he says, you can't see them, but you know they're there. And our uh, our Buddha Dharma is like that. You may be disturbed to think that you can't see it, but those kids are forever playing in the apple tree, and you are forever hearing them. which is why we so often say, well, why don't you just be still and listen a while? And uh, be reminded of what you already knew. If you wish, you could, um, or we could, uh, we could close our eyes and uh, just sitting peacefully like that. We could ask, or I could ask, where do you think this is? Never mind what GPS would tell you on your phone. Where do you think this is? not the heart of all the unfolding realms. If not Vulture Peak. if not the uh, ancient monastery at Shi, where the sixth ancestor taught. 
because there isn't any Buddha Dharma apart from you. I, uh, I talked to the uh, Sangha. Uh, I Zoomed with the Sangha in Sacramento on Monday evening. And uh, I, I also belabored them about following the stream to the source. And um, Introduce some of them, I guess, to Longway's poem where that appears. And there's uh, a line in there. Uh, I found out afterwards that I, I didn't include where he says, uh, you know, he sets off for the mountains to see the things that only he can see. That, of course, was his world, so to speak. And uh, his world was composed of things that only he could see. And for each of you, that is also true. Maybe I'm imagining it, but I, I feel a, a current of boredom flowing through the Great Assembly. And uh, I, uh, I really, I agree, I think, with Oscar Wilde, <laughs> somebody who said, you know, boring people, that's the worst sin. Do not be boring. So I, I, I'm sorry. It's not very exciting. But I, I did puzzle for a long time why the um, late Kagiri Roshi used to say, the universe is born with you and dies with you. I mean, talk about a remark that flies in the face of all of our Western rationalism. I mean, it just sounds like an invitation to uh, solipsism. But it's not, of course. He's talking about the world that only you can see. 
and though all those worlds, in a manner of speaking, meet at the source, they're not identical. Understand? Well, I uh, I think you do, and if you think you don't, it's just your mind talking. Understand our our life in this way is to uh, turn the whole universe and to confer upon each of us over and over again the. Um, Well, the, I was going to say crown of the bodhisattva. And then I thought, maybe I should say the cross of the bodhisattva. When I was growing up periodically, One of the merciless sisters of mercy who were responsible for my early education would say something like, usually if we made some complaint, they would say, well, that's your cross to bear. <laughs> for a long time, I had no idea what that meant. So anyway, I don't know, crown or cross, not so important, which. The Bodhisattva's career is unlike any other. And uh, I think 
have acquired enough years at this point and uh, seen enough projects crash and burn that I don't really care about much else, honestly. Uh, sometimes people say something like, uh, well, yeah, well, if I come over there and strangle you, I bet you'll care about air, huh? Like, yeah, well, okay, probably. Taking the longer view. I would like it to be my unshakable intention to return again and again and again. And as Shantideva says, to dispel the misery of the world. I, I, uh, I don't think I'm doing that well on that score yet, but I promise to try harder. There are times when I think oh, I'm just adding to the misery of the world. And then I, I try to remind myself all those magnificent and generally misinterpreted beautiful uh, Tibetan paintings of wrathful deities. which inspired um, generations of um, people who understood themselves to be Christians to call them devil, devil pictures. They're devil worshipers. Of course, what they are is they are how what we think of as negative emotions, they are how they look to the awakened mind. Magnificent dance of energy. Sometimes like a lightning bolt, it's sort of like fearsome. those currents of so-called negative feelings we can see them as they appear to the um, awakened mind by letting them be just as they are not to approach, not to avoid. And they are magnificent energy unfolding.
And that way, they do no harm. So remembering that the source is nowhere other than where you are. If you find yourself in the midst of a storm of negative feelings, we we pray that a little spark of dharma will show itself. And we will realize this magnificent stream of energy does not have to do any harm. As Trungpa Rinpoche said, maybe it may be real intense you may be vibrating like a tuning fork but still no harm just take a moment to listen for the children in the apple tree Okay, well, I sort of feel like giving a Dharma talk is like walking on a very fragile bridge. Any second break, throw everyone into a, I don't know, a slew of despond. So I better shut up. Maybe see if you have any questions or comments. Yes. If you think it's even possible to dispel the mystery of the world? I would say momentarily it may look like it is, but generally speaking, no. like you said mystery i did did you earlier say misery oh earlier i said misery oh, i thought you said mystery i'm sorry well the, i think mystery occurs in that section of the poem as a matter of fact about the kids in the apple tree oh you're referring to you shanti david yeah shanti david says misery That's okay right. That's I, right. I misheard and so do i think it's possible to dispel the misery of the world yes And is that a tall order? Yes. Why would we ever want to dispel the mystery? Well, I don't know. Uh, it seems like sometimes people do want to do that. They want to explain everything. 
explain everything. And here's the book with the explanation of everything. And we finally did it. Of course, that will never happen. Because I don't think mystery, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think mystery and delusion are actually two totally separate things. Yes. In my mind. Right. Uh, right. Delusion is not so helpful. Mystery is part of the magnificence. Okay, Simon. I guess this is maybe a comment, but you you mentioned boring, and somebody said if it's not boring, it's not Buddhism. Yes, that was the other late abbot, Senchin Philip Whalen. Oh, he said that. He did say that more than once. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the cataloging side of Buddha Dharma is a bit dry. All those lists, for goodness sake. Oh, yes, Tendo san. Thank, Thank you. For the. For the Tendo sign and then Yanosh? Yes. Yes. Of when you were saying. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Yanosh, hang on a sec. Oh, yep. Wait a sec. I'm I think uh, Tendo sign is, is speaking, but he is muted. Can you unmute? Um, um, thank you for your talk, Mio. I. I did like the part about the apple tree. And I know I've spent a lot of time thinking that uh, like you can't see them meant that I would be able to grasp some other sensory or some other way where they were there. It's <laughs> probably also a mistake. Um, and I was intrigued by your idea about the cross to bear. Um, and in the sense that we have a lot of negative emotions, negative feelings, negative, you know, bad physical sensations, bad relationships, all these things. And the image of the cross and that sort of thing being something that actually is sort of salvific or um, something that brings about kind of liberation. And I wondered if you might talk a little bit more about um, how these experiences that we did, well, I don't want, you know, get away from me, get the, I won't swear, you know, just stop um, how those things and how uh, we can um, be part of this world, part of our world in a way that leads to liberation. Basically, uh, Buddha Dharma teaches us just, you know, put one foot in front of the other. 
day after day after day. As the current of Buddha Dharma moves us in the world. And I would say that's about all we can do. Now, in, in addition, this business of the cross is a little tricky because, um, you know, we tend to think of our own crucifixion and offering up our terrible suffering. Whereas the great, uh, what was he, 15th, 16th century poet, George Herbert, in one of his poems has this line, something like that, and know you not who bore the blame That's the other side of the cross. There was, uh, how to speak, there was uh, was someone else carrying the burden. There's always someone else carrying the burden. And sometimes that's you. And uh, I think it's good to remember that, at least for me. Of course, I uh, grew up Christian, which leaves its imprint. But uh, I think it's really good to uh, remember who bore the blame. We could uh, get into the theology of that, but maybe now is not a good time. But another time, I'd be happy to. Janos, would you like to comment? Yes, I just... uh wanted to comment when you were saying how the Dharma talk about the source was very uplifting rather than boring uh, when you were saying that I am the Buddha Dharma and that uh, filled me with such joy to just feel that within um, that 
even though it resonates on sort of a very um, mental, um, cerebral understanding, this was kind of a, a deep felt understanding that, oh, yes, it, that experience, my experience is, is, is unfolding, is what this whole process is about, and to honor that. Um, and even sort of when um, there are these, uh, what I would think is irritations, um, it's, it's just another unfolding of, uh, for example, during the meditation, uh, the television from above, from where my uh, husband was listening, was filtering through the, the floor, and so it made it difficult to focus, and then I would have to re, you know, I'd get off on some kind of tangent of what I would hear and come back. So, oh, I wish that was just quieter. And, and well, it is what it is. Uh, and then, you know, I could uh, accept it rather than fight it. Uh, help me to, again, recenter uh, and be present. So, yeah, there's all these distractions and irritations that I can get hooked up with, and yet within me, I still have this ability to uh, feel that source, feel just within me. So, thank you. Yeah. I think I said, uh, no Buddha Dharma apart from us. That is decidedly true. Thank you very much.